I think conservatively the numbers should be 350 on the back end to be safe, which means, you know, to make yeah. a few bucks and be worth it, you really kind of need to be around that 110 number. Sure. Welcome back to this special video series. This is video three where I get on the phone and show you how to make offers on distressed real estate properties using real case studies. And on this video, you get to look over my shoulder and watch me make an offer on a bank owned home live in Des Moines, Iowa that has foundation and mold problems. You'll see firsthand how I negotiate and work with the listing agent representing the bank and how I motivate him to get me this deal at my desired buy price. Bank properties are my speciality, so don't watch this video unless you're ready to learn some advanced black hat strategies. All of that and more coming up. The Real Estate Funding Kit is out now. Learn how to get 100% funding for all your deals without dealing with the banks. Claim your free copy at myfundingkit.com. Hey, if you're new here to this channel, I'm Jerry Norton with FlippingMastery.com, and this channel is all about ways to help you make money wholesaling and flipping real estate so you can live your dream life. Be sure to subscribe to my channel and click the bell icon to get notified when new videos are released. One of my favorite things to do is get on the phone and make offers on distressed properties following my three-step offer process, which you're gonna learn on this video. That's why I put this video series together, so you can learn firsthand by seeing it in action. My hope with doing this video series and showing you how to make offers on the phone is to give you confidence so that you can do the same, and because this is a really tricky deal with mold and foundation issues, and it needs a huge rehab, and because it's a bank-owned property, this video is advanced, but just like on the other videos in this series, we're gonna cut to a live call, and then I'm gonna do my best to break it down and show you exactly what I'm doing and why. Now, once we dive into the video, you're gonna see me adjusting and updating my offer price while on the phone using my deal analyzer tool. Now, you'll see this as I adjust the numbers, it automatically updates my formula and it recalculates my maximum allowable offer. By the way, this tool comes standard with my wholesaling and house flipping deal management system called Flipster. And if you've never heard of Flipster, it's an all-inclusive cloud-based platform to help you organize, streamline, and automate all of the steps to wholesaling and flipping houses. And the Deal Analyzer tool is just one of dozens of tools. So if you're into wholesaling and flipping, you owe it to yourself to check it out. To learn more and see it in action, just go to getflipster.com. Over the past 15 years, I've wholesaled and flipped hundreds of bank-owned properties, and so I'm very familiar with the process. Now, before cutting to the call, let me share with you a few important things when going after bank properties. When a property goes to the foreclosure auction, typically the opening bid is for the amount owed to the bank. Now, if no one buys the property at the auction, the bank takes it back and now owns the property. This is called an REO, which stands for real estate owned. Next, the bank assigns the property to an asset manager. The assets manager job is to liquidate or sell the property. To do so, they list the property for sale with a designated listing agent who puts the property on the MLS for sale. Now, the asset manager typically follows a very logical sequence of events to get the best price they can. Now, to determine the listing price, they get what's called a BPO, which stands for Broker Price Opinion. It's basically an appraisal. Then they consider offers received and they strategically lower the price over time until they determine they've received the best offer. And as time goes on, they'll reevaluate the asking price, they'll perform regular BPOs, and I did a video where I break down the top 10 tips for getting REO properties. You'll find this video really helpful, so I'll put a link to that video in the description box below. 
and you can watch it later. Oftentimes, getting an REO deal requires patience and persistence. The key to winning the REO game is all about your relationship with the listing agent. Now, my goal with every REO I go after is to get the REO agent motivated to get me the deal. Now, this is where my double dip strategy is critically important. If allowed, I'll let the REO listing agent represent me as the buyer's agent on the deal. That way, he or she gets both sides of the commission. Now, if my double dip strategy isn't crystal clear, then I'll put a link to a video in the description below that really breaks it down for you. On this video, I use the double dip strategy, which really motivates the agent to go to bat for me, and I effectively get the listing agent to tell me exactly what I need to do to get this deal and commit to helping me get it, which you'll see in a minute, so keep watching, it's pretty sweet. Now, because this deal has foundation problems and mold, and it needs over 100,000 in rehab, this is an investor cash buyer only deal meaning there are no retail buyers to compete with, just other investors. And since it's a big, scary rehab, there is very little competition. The property is for sale for $169,900, and my offer price is $110,000, so I need to be about $60,000 lower than the bank's current asking price. So now that you have a big picture overview of REOs and also a little bit about the situation, I'm going to show you how I make my offer using my three-step offer process. Step one is to build a relationship of trust. Step two is to reset expectations using market data. And step three is to make the offer with confidence. Now, this is the first time I've ever spoken to this agent. So watch now as I do step one and build a relationship of trust. And then we'll come back to discuss what took place. Let's cut to the call. Yeah, nice to meet you too. So yeah, we're taking a hard look at this project. Yeah, what can you tell me about it? It's been on market for 42, 43 days, right? Yeah, right away we got a couple offers that uh-huh. rejected. The one was uh, like for 89, the other one was a little higher. I think that one offer was like 125 that they rejected and now that, that buyer's gone for right now. Working with the asset manager, trying to get the price reduced. Okay. Um, and then nowadays it's such a headache because they list them too high and just let them ride and then they'll reduce them slowly and I they leave money on the table doing that. Well, what they don't understand is the longer a property sits, the more it gets tagged as a problem. Even I'm like, well, if this is such a great deal, why is it sitting here after 42 days? Like, that's just doesn't what, that's not what happened. I automatically think, oh, maybe the mold in the foundation's a bigger issue because it's still sitting here. <laughs> and then I don't know how much you're dealing in Des Moines. There's not very many investors in Des Moines at this price range. Gosh, there must be a thousand investors at 80000 and nothing. You go over 100000 there's probably like maybe 50 or 100 You know, it's so sad. I don't get it. What's the matter? What it is, I know what it is. The further up you go in price, the more the, the more intimidated people are with capital as flippers, oh, yeah. which is why I like higher end because there's less competition. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. I had a ton of interest. I probably had 50 showings on that property. Probably had at least a dozen agents say that they're going to be I'm sending an offer and that buyers say they're going to write offers. And then um, they don't? Yeah, then they don't. Yeah. I'm like, what the heck? Because, I mean, there's tons of value there. Who knows what it's worth when it's done? That's been um, part of the thing we're trying to figure out. So is the mold the only issue that you've heard from? Because our photos show also a little bit of foundation issues. Has that yeah, come up at all? So it looks like they put money into it, the previous owners. Mm. Um, then you go towards like the port side and there's like dirt. So I think it's just, I don't know, it's all caved in or what's going on there. But mm-hmm. Part of the challenge with that is um, I'm not too scared about fixing it. What's scary is 
disclosing it to a retail buyer when you're asking full price and then having them be worried about, because you know, retail buyers freak out about stuff like that. Same with mold. It's never really, well, mold's easy. It's just the perception the now. You'd have to get rid of it and then you'd have to do a full mold test. That's what I've done before. Yeah, you get a bunch of tests done, then you show them those reports, and then it still scares some people where they just won't even think about it. So those are some things that make it tough to flip. Whenever you have mold or foundation, is just overcoming that fear because it's an older home and they know you rehabbed it, and those. And it's a it's a tuck under walk up. Yeah. And so that's another drawback for it. Matt told you that we're, we'll let you submit it for us. Are you allowed to do that? Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so you you can get uh, both sides by doing that. Yeah. Perfect. So right away, the agent reveals to me that there have been two cash offers so far. One for 89,000, which I have a lot of respect for that investor, and another for 125,000, which the bank turned down. Now he informed me that he's currently working with the asset manager to get a price reduction. Then we talked about the bank's listing strategy and other investors in the local market and how many showings he had. And we talked about the mold and foundation issues a little bit, but here's the thing. What we talk about is not as significant as that we're talking. I want to do everything I can to portray that I'm legit, that I know what I'm doing, and that I'm someone he should work with. Now, if you're brand new, I hope this gives you some ideas on how this conversation may look. Now, the most important part of step one was the very last thing I said, which was where I made sure he knew that we were going to let him submit the offer for us. This is my double dip strategy, and he said yes, he could do that. So now it's time to move to step two, which is to reset expectations using market data. Now, unlike the first two videos in this video series, this agent was already right in line with where I need to be. But even still, I use logic and market data to justify my offer price and to get him to align with me. Take a look. There's a comp right nearby that has a similar type thing where you walk up stairs yeah. And the garage is underneath that did really well as a comp. It was kind of like the most similar comp I could find where it had the garage below and you walk up sure. and they did a pretty good job on it. Whoever did that one. What do you think it would sell for if it was done right? Uh, good question. I would think it would be like 350 Now, if you went all out, maybe you could get a lot more than that. Especially if you're finishing off the basement super nice and distinct condition, probably four. Yeah, I I mean when I look at comps and stuff, I mean I can make an argument for like four hundred thousand. Yeah. But then yeah, I get all but then I get worried about I got a stairs up to my front door. It could go a lot better or it could not. It's just a tricky deal. You know, yeah. like yeah. like if it goes for four, then okay, yeah, now I can pay like almost asking price. But if it's three fifty, now it puts me back down at like the one ten number, or if the rehab's one hundred instead of one thirty. You know what I mean? It's, I think conservatively the numbers should be three fifty on the back end to be safe. Yeah. It could get more, but that's a safe number. And then probably one twenty five on a rehab, which means you know to make yeah. a few bucks and be worth it, you really kind of need to be around that one ten number. Sure. So step two is not about the offer price. It's about justifying why the offer price is what it is. So I focused on the after repair value, and since this agent seems pretty smart to me, I asked him what he thinks this house will sell for once fixed up. Now, even though I've already done my analysis and I never blindly follow what an agent says, I asked him this question strategically. I want him to feel for me that I respect him and his knowledge of the market. In fact, he was right in line with what I already decided, which was an ARV of 350 to 400,000. 
Now, getting him to agree with me on the value is important to later get him to agree with me on my offer price. So I delicately explained why I think the ARV is 350,000 and not 400,000, and why as a result, the right buy number is 110,000, which he agreed. So now that I got him to agree with me on 110,000 as the buy price, it's time for step three, which is to make the offer with confidence. Now, this is where my knowledge of how to finesse bank-owned properties comes into play. And remember, I've got this agent in my back pocket because since he's submitting the offer for me, he'll essentially make double the commission if I buy the property versus another investor using a buyer's agent. Now, watch now as I get him to commit to do his best to get us this deal. What do you think the chances are of them coming around to more of a 110 number? Well, that's where I want it to be, and that's what I've harped on the asset manager for it to be. He's understanding, so he's trying to get it to come down. Okay, he just has to justify it. Yeah, I want to see you in at the 110. Yeah, um, 110's so, feeling right. I think 110's feeling yeah. really right, just to be safe. Yeah, then you can do it right, you know you're gonna have some money there. I'm glad you're thinking that way. I really like that, that mindset because you want to win. I mean, it's a big, it's a big job. You don't want to find yeah. out halfway through you're not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we can totally stay at that. Okay. And then right when there's a price reduction, I can put it back in. Or if we get another offer, because if we get another offer for $80,000, i will quickly put your offer back in so that you can do highest and best again. You know, it's about being there. At the right time. We'd love to have you kind of um, just keep us in the loop with what's going on, like whatever we need to do. Even if you get another offer that's kind of close and you let us know and we can kind of come in slightly higher or whatever, we would, we'd we love that opportunity. I think that one offer was like 125 that they rejected and now that, that buyer's gone for right now. Uh-huh. And that's the thing, you know, I tell buyers stay in it because um, if you stay there, you know, yeah. eventually you get a chance to get it. Well, if that buyer walked away saying what with them, then you might not get it and you might get it for 110. You know? Well, let me ask you this question. What if I submit an, a separate independent offer for 90 and then Matt's offer at 110? Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay. I'll do that. As long as it's two separate companies. Yeah, it is. Two separate entities, two yeah. separate everything. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that. We're going to submit 10 different offers at 10 different prices, all under 100000 <laughs> <laughs> do you want us to do that already or wait till you have like another $80,000 offer and then you got three to put in at once? You can do it now. Do it now? Okay. Verge of a price reduction. Okay, perfect. You can send me your information and I'll get yours in there and then hopefully we'll ask for highest and best again. Maybe it's time. Okay, perfect. Okay, thank you. We'll be in touch. Okay, so I got him to agree with me again that 110 is the right price, and then he coached me on how we can get my offer accepted. He told me it's all about timing and that the asset manager is getting ready for a price reduction and we can get our offer in right now. And he also said if he gets another offer, he could put our offer in again at that time. Then I point blank asked him to keep me in the loop and let us know exactly where we need to be, which he agreed to do. And finally, I used an old trick from my REO playbook which was to submit a separate offer for less than my 110,000 offer to make my 110 offer become the clear winner. My next move is to stay in close contact with this agent and there's a good chance the cards will fall my way and we get this deal. Time will tell. Now, I hope this video inspired you to get on the phone and make offers. Remember the three steps. Step one, 
build a relationship of trust. Step two, reset expectations using market data. And step three, make the offer with confidence. Now this is video three in this special video series of live videos where you get to look over my shoulder and watch me break down how to make offers using my three-step process. Now I'll put all of these videos in a playlist and I'll put that playlist link in the description below so you can watch the other videos in this series. And if you like this style of video training and you wanna see more videos like this, do me a favor and hit that like button right now and leave a comment and let me know your biggest takeaway from this video. I'd love to hear from you and if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to my channel with hundreds of videos and new videos released every single week. This is the number one channel on YouTube for all things wholesaling and flipping. And don't forget, it's not about the money, it's about having the time and freedom to have, be, do, and give everything God has in store for you. That's what it's really all about, and I'll see you on the next video.